0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sparkle Life Podcast. Uh, my name is Nikolai Diaz, and with me is my co-host, Christine Reyes. Now, joining us today is our guest is a former WNBA athlete who is known for many of her accomplishments. Uh, you may know her as the author or a doctor or recognize her on a, uh, as an actor in the Disney movie Double Trouble, or I'm sorry, Double Team. Uh, she's also a viral sensation on social media. You may know her as Auntie Shan. She's become a dear friend of ours over the years, so let's all welcome Chantel Trumetier. Welcome, Shan, awesome. to the first
1: show. What's going How on? How y'all doing?
0: Doing great.
2: Good.
0: You look great. You
2: look really good. Thank you. Good. Appreciate it.
0: For those who can't see, she got a beautiful uh, a shoe shelf in the background. I really admire that, and I think <laughs> I need to do that in my own room. So most people, Shan, don't or know you for your accomplishments, but many don't know. Uh, maybe that you grew up in Pennsylvania with 14 other siblings so what what was it like growing up one out of 15 children
1: well you got to eat quick at the dinner table you're not gonna get seconds uh, <laughs> for sure but you know it was an amazing experience uh, 12 of us are adopted and so we have whites blacks Asians uh, really you know wow. every different nationality you can think of they called us the united nations growing up and and so you know, i mean it was an amazing time and and uh got to learn quickly uh about having no prejudice towards anyone um for their background for their race anything like that and so you know i was i'm excited and and uh i learned a lot of lessons growing up
0: well you know being in a family of 15 have you always been that one child that was the go-getter that was known as the one that would accomplish all these things
1: absolutely i well not that i would accomplish all these things i mean i didn't know but my mom told me and my parents told me that they knew early that i was either gonna be um the 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 head of a company or the head of the mob And, (laughs) and it was the the former uh but you know, I think growing up and, and being the youngest girl, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I was, I was the, that was the class clown in the family, um, but I've, I've always been outgoing and I think it helped growing up in that, in that big family, uh, not afraid to talk to anybody no matter where I am and, and uh, it's carried me through.
0: I'm not sure if I, if I noticed on your social media, but I almost feel like I did, you like posted about it, but were you aware that May 4th was National Foster Care Day?
1: I did. And well, the thing is, is I'm more of a November kind of kid because you know, not a lot of people know, but there's a difference. There's a there's a difference between being adopted and being a foster kid Mm. and in foster care. um, Somebody is tasked with taking care of you. They're, They're paid to to take you into their home and and take care of you until you can find a permanent home or you age out of the system or anything like that. When you're adopted, you actually become part of someone's family. They they pay to have you adopted. Um, nobody pays them to to raise you. Uh, you are in that family. So, you know, I was a I was a foster kid, I guess, for two months. Um, but that was just waiting on the paperwork. And so it was a, a, a reverend and his family had me just for the first two months of my life. But I knew that, uh, or my parents actually knew from the day I was born that, that I was gonna come to them.
0: Well, I actually didn't know that, Jen. Did you know I that? I did it, not know
2: that,
0: no. you're still learning things about mm-hmm. you, even knowing you for this long. Yeah. I know you wrote a book on it, uh, Those Angels Among Us. For those who haven't read that book yet, you can find it on Amazon. You produced that on April uh, 1st of 2018 as a way of shedding light to the situation and bringing awareness. And, you know, your mother even said, a lot about being in the frame of mind is committing to the adoption and not the child. So can you speak a little bit about that?
1: You know, my mom was an amazing woman. Uh, and, you know, throughout her lifetime, throughout her career as an adoption advocate, she placed about 3,500 kids into homes. Um, wow. And, okay. you know, she, she always said that it's not about the kid. That you adopt, it's about what you help that kid to become, and and that's what she meant by, you know, being focused and and pay attention to the actual adoption, you know. Don't it's not about, you know, a lot of kids, you know, especially when they're adopted at older ages, may come with, with mental issues, may come with emotional um, stigmas or or problems. And you can't focus on that. You have to focus on the kind of parent you are and the the kind of kid that you want your now new child to grow into. And so that's what she meant by that.
0: Wow. Wow. That's very impactful. She seems like a very smart woman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned something before that I didn't know about foster and the difference between fostering and adopting. Is there something else most people don't know about foster care?
1: You know, I, I... I think that foster care really gets a bad rap um, because you know there, there are, unfortunately, a lot of foster parents who bring kids into their homes just because they get that check. Oh. Uh, oh, no. you, know, you get a check every month for having that kid. So I think that in foster care, a lot of kids' uh, emotional development is slowed because of that. Uh, they're not as invested you know you would you know when my mom adopted me at two months old she knew she was going I was going to be around for 18 years like you can't give an adopted kid back Um, you can you can give a foster kid back anytime you want and so kids already going into situations knowing that can happen um, it's almost like you know you're, you're living to try and please someone where you know, I, I was lucky I got to be, because some of my brothers and sisters came from foster care, a long time in foster care, and you can tell the difference, you know, I just wish that the, the stigma was different, and, and that the, the good foster, you know, when they make foster care movies, that it, it isn't always about something bad happening to the kid, because there are good stories about foster care.
0: And I, I was just talking to Christine about this earlier. It seems that, you know, that kind of upbringing really stimulated how well you connect with people nowadays. Yeah. I mean, uh, you have a very magnetic personality. It shows in your personal social media. Mm-hmm. So would you say that contributed to your personality and being in this magnetic person?
1: Uh, absolutely, Nikolai. You know, I growing up and, and being able to be in a house where you see different people with different personalities, uh, different hobbies, all the time, uh, it made me comfortable anywhere, uh, you know. And and you know, my brothers and sisters just make fun of me all the time for things, for little things, and that's why, you know, I've been so now I can laugh at myself. I mean, you guys know me; you you know me for a while. I can laugh at myself, and so, um, you know, so I I try to approach life like that, where you know, if there's tough situations for people around me, uh, I try to bring in a little laughter to it, I, you know, because laughter is universal. And, and that's how I think I go into a room. Uh, I'm going to be me. And I can't control whether or not you like me. Uh, and, and that's not my aim is to get you to like me. Um, but you're going to know who I am.
0: <laughs> that's for sure. I would, I would attest to that. I mean, As soon as I met you, the first day I met you, I knew that you were uh, the class clown. You must have been the class clown (laughs) because nobody is that outgoing unless they're confident and kind of uh, tested it out before they got older. So you can really tell that that really shaped you as a person that you are today.
2: And you're outgoing 24-7. Right,
0: right. But there's
2: also a side to you that I really like. I don't know if you remember, but we were in Hawaii and we were in the van. Remember when we were sitting in the back? And I was kind of having a panic attack. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
2: um, and you and I, we didn't really know each other then. We were just meeting. But you took the time to ask me, like, are you OK? Right, right. Because <laughs> I was just I was in just my head because I was freaking out and I had really bad anxiety. But since you're around, you grew up around so many people, you think about other people in, in a different way that not other people would.
1: Sometimes. Yeah, take it into consideration, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you always have to, tr- I, I always try to treat people the way that I would love them to treat me. Um, and I do remember that we had fun in Hawaii. Y'all I'm ready for the next yeah. one. Uh,
0: yeah. You and Dean were freaking out. It was yeah. like two people in the same car. can't be freaking out. <laughs> right. <on. laughs> right.
1: I'm, waiting, I'm ready for the, I'm ready for the world to open back up so we can, we can do that again. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just, you know, you, you got, you can't fake shit. Caring about people, and so you know, I try to be a good person and and be honest. And and sometimes people don't hear what they want to hear from me, um, but they're always going to hear the truth. And and you know, if I care about somebody, or if I if I see that somebody's not doing okay, then then I'm going to make sure that I can do whatever I can to help that out.
0: Right. And just being a part of the foster care program, a lot of people count those kind of individuals out. So you went from foster to now. Uh, playing in Auburn University on a full basketball scholarship, eventually making it into the WNBA where you were part of the first class to get drafted in the WNBA. You were drafted by the Sacramento Monarchs. So from being the foster care to now being in uh leading the league in minutes played, can you tell us about that journey of pretty much beating the odds?
1: Well, you know, what's crazy is, is because I was adopted in such a good home, uh, it never crossed my mind. Uh, uh-huh. It never, it never crossed my mind that that the beginning of my life was so um, rough. That you know, the day I was born, they didn't. My foster, I mean, not my foster, my biological grandparents didn't let my biological mother hold me in the hospital. Um, and you know, I know this is on YouTube, but. He reached down and he told her because my dad, my biological father is African American, my biological mother is white, and she re- he reached down and told her after I was taken out of the room he said by the way there was no way you were bringing that nigga child into this family so oh, you know okay. I was I I I was racially profiled before I was even could I that I could even cry before I could even cry and so you know, they, they named me, there was a big red X on my crib. They didn't even have a, she didn't even have a chance to name me. Um, and so I didn't even know that until I was 17. Um, but I, I also knew that there was something about Dr. Trimiter, um my, my adopted mom, that she was so special that she called me her unbridled stallion. And, and she, let me do everything. Um, you know, whether it was, oh my, I, I I took judo classes. You know, I played baseball for boys, um, basketball all the time. Um, you know, she was like, I rode horses growing up. Like, she exposed not only me but my brothers and sisters to so many things that I knew that, you know, the odds were that something was going to click and it just happened to be basketball. Uh, I was actually a better swimmer than I was basketball player. Wow. But,
2: wow. <laughs> but, um,
1: But yeah, it was, it was something said, pick basketball and, and, and it worked out.
0: So, you know, you, you just mentioned Dr. Trimitier, but your mother, and now you're, <clears throat> excuse me, you're also Dr. Trimitier as well as of 2017. So you also became a professor at Auburn, you know, teaching there. Um, you also were a motivational speaker. I know you showed me a, a video clip of you um, going on stage and dressing down into casual clothes to give that ceremonial speech. I thought that was really cool. Um, so how and why did you get involved in that path of teaching and motivation? Was it largely due to your mother?
1: Absolutely, 100%. Uh, you know, when I went back to school, it was because I wanted to be a better businesswoman. Um, and so I went back to get my MBA. And, and I, at that point, I didn't think about my doctorate. Uh, and then you know as i was getting close to finishing um you know i was offered a, another position at auburn um to um uh, what do you call it? uh tutor and mentor some of the the football players there and they said you know wow. stay on and do this we'll pay for your your phd and i said great wow. i said but the biggest reason i went after my phd is because i knew how like dr Tremontier sounded sexy <laughs> like that and it was so cool that I called my mom doc all the time and she didn't have any, none of her kids were, were PhDs at that point. And, and so I said, mom, I want to be the first. And, and so she, you know, she was with me almost, almost till the end. Um, but yeah, that was the reason. And, and she was a, she was a professor. She was a college professor. And wow, really? uh, yeah. And so her and I did a lot of things the same. And she was a great what, influence on yeah, what,
0: what subject did you speak did she teach? I didn't even know she was a she, teacher. She
1: taught social work.
0: Okay, got it. Cool. Yeah.
1: Cool. See that.
0: Are you the only because you mentioned you know, at the time I was the only doctor? Is there other doctors in your family now?
1: No. I'm the only oh. PA in the family.
0: See so you. The namesake, Dr. Trimiteer. You're she's
1: the real Dr. Tremontier. Even when people <laughs> say Dr. Tremontier to me, like I want to look back
2: and
1: if and <laughs> my mom's back there, but. Oh,
0: that's she's care. always there.
1: Right. <laughs> okay. So,
0: you know, also I mentioned earlier that uh, you were an author. You wrote that book, Those Angels Amongst Us. Um, and I really wanted to ask you, and I never, I don't know why I never asked you preparing for this podcast in person, like what really compelled you to write a book like that? Mm-hmm. And do you see yourself writing another book in the future, because you know that's a that's a very hard thing for a lot of people to do.
1: Well, to be honest, that wasn't the first book I wrote. The first book I wrote was oh. was uh was called "She Picked the Wrong One," and that was my my fight with thyroid cancer. And so, I mean, that was a that was a short book, and it, it you know a lot of it had to do with the social media that I was doing around it and everything. But you know, it was interesting when when my mom was. Um, you know, in the hospital towards the end, uh, her and I, we had a conversation like two o'clock in the morning. And and I said, Mom, is there anything that you regret? You know, because she knew her time was coming. And she was like, no, there's nothing. She was like, what about you? And I said, yeah, I regret that, you know, you and I had always talked about writing a book together. And, uh, you know, I wish that we could have done that. And she said, well, we still may. And I was like, what do you mean? And, you know, we're, we're taking you to hospice tomorrow. Like, what do you mean? And she said, well, you know what? A couple years ago, I wrote a book. I started writing a book and um, I, I started getting self-conscious about it. I didn't, I was afraid no one's going to want to read it or whatever. So I sent it to a friend of mine to see what they thought. And and this person's an editor and, and write through it and whatever. She said, it's not done. And I didn't name and And I, she said, it's not done. I was like, well, what, what's the name? She said, I didn't give it a name yet. And uh, she said, so I'm not sure. And and so she goes, look, and I said, well, who is this person? Like, what do you want? And she said, let me tell you something. You said that you want to write a book with me. I'm not going to tell you who this person is that has my manuscript.
0: Oh, wow. But if
1: you ever run into this person, then that's God's way of telling you that you're supposed to finish my book. Wow. And so, you know, at this time, you know, I thought she was kind of, you know, the medicine was was going hard <laughs> and whatever. And I thought, OK, but thanks. OK, mom. So after the the night she died, I and I didn't know she was obviously going to die that night. But I started writing something and um, you, it was my goodbye letter. And so the next day when she actually died, I put it on Facebook and two days later, somebody reached out to me and. Um, an older lady up in Rhode Island and she reached out to me and said, you know, Chantel, you know, my name is such and such and I'm writing a book and I'm putting some stories about your mom in and I and I love the way you write, you know, you write like your mom did and, and um, you know, have you ever thought about being a writer? And so I told her that story about my mom and she started crying and I was like, you know, I'm sorry, I know, you know, she just passed and, I'm, and she was like, it's not that. She said that manuscript that you're talking about is sitting right next to me.
0: Oh my and, god! And oh so, god. <laughs>
1: so she sent me the so she she federal expressed it to me and and so I started reading through it and and she always you know she talked about angels all the time and and so I thought it was appropriate to name it those angels among us and so I just added you know each chapter is her you know views on adoption and foster care and so at the end of each chapter I kind of put my words. And how I was grown up with her and how she was my angel so that's how it came about long story short
0: I like that you know and I really like what you said in the beginning of the book there's sorry if I butcher it you're like there's some angels that watch above us and there's some angels that walk amongst us I really mm-hmm. like that
1: um, I, did she say that or did I say that
0: I think it was, I think it was you I think it was you, you was gotta it? Your book. <laughs> I gotta read my book Nikolai <laughs> <laughs> okay so you, you know in that book though your mother said two things you're like uh there's two things that all of our children will do they'll graduate high school and they'll learn how to swim right. so you know we were just talking about this we swam together in the beaches of hawaii right mm-hmm. we were just swimming you know and you were looking around like man this is the life that was insane. and not only did you graduate high school but you actually got a phd and became a, the first doctor in the family or just like her so what was the reasoning for her setting those requirements? I mean, it's so like, you know, being outside the group, I'm like, why those two out of everything? And what made you decide to go so above and beyond?
1: Well, if you think about it, um, and after I tell you, like, don't make sense. One, you got 15 kids. You don't want somebody living in the house with you when they're 30 years old. Uh-huh. And so you're going to graduate from high school because now, now I know at least you got your 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 high school diploma, you're 18. So you'll either work or you'll either get a job or I mean, uh, go to college or you'll go to the army. Like right. that's what's happened. Cause you're not living here. <laughs> and so, you know, all of us graduated. And then uh, you think about it, you got 15 kids. My mom absolutely loved the beach. If she could have died on the beach, she would have been in heaven. Although wow. she's probably there now, but she loved the beach and if you think about it, if you're one parent, or, two, you know, sometimes my dad couldn't come with us, and you're one parent, you have 15 kids, you better hope they are, they can all swim, because that's a lot of people that you got worry <laughs> about in the water, so that's that literally sense. why she said we were going to swim, but, you know, I've always, you know, I've always <clears throat> been the the type of, of person, Nicolai and Christine, that, that if somebody challenges me to something, um, you know, I, I want to go above and beyond, and You know, I like being the first. Um, I I told my mom, you know, when her parents, I mean, my dad's parents, they were, they were buying us either a sport court or a uh, pool in our backyard. (laughs) And so I was at practice. And so it was seven to seven. It was a seven, seven tie. And I had just come in and, you know, my mom says, my mom and dad are like, okay, this is what we're doing. Guess what, Chantel? I know it sucks, but you are the tiebreaker do you want to is it a swimming pool or is it a sport court and I'm getting dirty looks from both sides of my brother <laughs> and I said mom I said well I'll tell you this I said if you and dad build a sport sport court if we choose a sport court I promise you now you're not gonna have to pay for me to go to college
0: wow and,
1: and uh and so they built this the sport court um and so you know they didn't you didn't have to go to college, and and my mom always wanted to to ride in a limousine one day, and and I told her I said you know, she didn't know if I should try out for the WNBA because I was you know 27 when it when it came out, and uh, and I said mom I said I promise you that if 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 you're okay if you give me your blessing to go try out then I'll I'll get you in a limousine, and so she got to ride in a limousine, and so yeah. I, I just like to, I, I always wanted to make her proud and, and I always wanted to be that kid that, that did, like you just said, Nikolai that went, went above and beyond.
0: You know, what's so funny is that, you know, our, our new graphic designer, Willow, she recognized you off social media, yeah. TikTok initially, um, but when she started to get to know you a little more, digging a little bit and preparing for this, uh she realized you were in one of her favorite disney movies double (laughs) team and she was literally freaking out she was freaking out like oh my god i knew i knew her and there's so many people like that that i've noticed that recognize you from that movie even if it was just like being the villain the villain uh the villain coach on the other (laughs) team you know it's so funny that people still recognize you to this day uh about that movie
1: you have no idea because i had to wear a wig that movie because my hair was like that long like i don't even remember last time my hair was that long i don't know how they recognize me but but you know it's crazy what they don't know is how i got the part is while well, i was living in utah and one of my friends she was in a disney movie and they were filming and and i would go down i would go to the set and see her it was on, during our off season and i would go to the set and see her or whatever and, and one day she goes you know shan look their next movie that they're shooting here in a few months is a basketball movie like I should introduce you to the producer and so she introduced me to the producer and the producer said you know we're looking for a basketball um technician so somebody who came up with all the plays and everything um and recruited all the girls who were in the film not the stars but the you know the extras and so I said it and and I um and I said yeah I'll do that it's like it's like 2 grand a week okay and And uh, yeah, Disney pays. But uh, (laughs) they, um, and then when I read the script, I was like, hmm, like, I could play this part. It was called Opposing Coach. That was the name. And uh, so I went to the producer. I was like, you know, have you, you know, uh, got all your, um, your actors for the movie? And he was like, no, we haven't. I said, well, did you get the Opposing Coach? And He was like, no, we haven't gotten him yet. We haven't picked him yet. And I was like, well, I think I can play this part. And he was like, well, you know, it's written for a man. I'm like, I'm telling you, if you let me audition for this part, I can play it better than any man you got. And so he was like, like, okay. He said, you know, director Dunham will be in town on Thursday, this was Tuesday, on Thursday. And, uh, you know, we'll let you audition and so when I went in the audition, I walked in. I went immediately went into character. I started yelling at him and and acting like he was the referee. And and I picked up a chair and I threw it towards him. I I, I mean I didn't hit him with it, but I, I threw it towards him. And and uh right then and there, he was like, "You got the part."
0: Wow.
2: You've done so many things, Shan. Oh my god.
0: I know. And. It, it... So from an outsider's perspective, sometimes it's it's too much. You know, it's almost like we can't relate to you when somebody's accomplished so much. Right. I think I heard this somewhere where they're like, nobody really cared about Superman until they introduced kryptonite. You know, what, mm-hmm. is, uh, what is the thing that really brought him down and made him human? So I would like to, if, if that's okay with you, talk about some of your personal life struggles that you already mentioned, like, uh, you know, thyroid cancer, uh, gaining weight because of that, and then eventually getting into a depression with your peaks and valleys. So how was that journey of being on top of the world in the WNBA, to then crashing down to uh, with thyroid cancer and dealing with things that brought with that, like depression?
1: Right. Actually, having the cancer, um, you know, I knew from day one I was gonna fight it, and I knew from day one I was gonna, um, I was gonna beat it. Uh, There was never a doubt in my mind. Um, You know, that's not saying it wasn't tough because there were you know, days that were tough. And, and the day that you're talking about, yeah, you know, the, the, the thyroid is like the engine to your car and, and it regulates all your muscles and your brain is a muscle too. And and so right. there were some times that I was so tired, there could be a remote control three feet away from me and I wouldn't get it because I was too tired. And, you know, then it starts messing with your brain. It starts, you know, and, and, and I, being so active, you know, when I was in the league, I led the league in minutes played per game. And now I'm relegated to the, to the, to a couch with no thyroid and I'm waiting on radiation. And so I can't take any medicine for like 10 days. And so I never felt that for lack of a better word, depressed. Um, and I, I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, I knew that it wasn't me thinking that, but it was me thinking that, and you know, I had a gun in my house, and and you know, I knew I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't even want to do this anymore. Like, I mean, now I don't want my life to be this. And um, but it was empty. The chamber was empty, and the, the click was empty, and the bullets were in the car. But I would have to, I would have had to gone all the way downstairs, outside, around the garage, to the front, to the car. And I was too tired to do that. And so I ended up not doing it. And, you know, it didn't last too long. And then I was like, wait a minute, what are you thinking? Like, um, and then obviously after the radiation, you know, I started feeling better and, and it's been a struggle, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't feel good for an athlete, um, who's been an athlete your whole life and, and you gain, you know, 30, 40 pounds. Um, and so, you know, Luckily, I got my Club Sparkle products, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, that helped me uh, both with my energy and my weight. But, uh, yeah, I mean, people, you know, I love how people, you know, come on social media or they recognize me in public and, oh, you've done so well. And, they, you know, they, they don't understand. Like, it, was ne- it wasn't it was always great. It wasn't always gravy. And, and uh, there weren't always fans cheering for me.
2: So the one thing that inspires me most about you, Shan, is your story and how you went through your depression, because I think I can relate. Um, I grew up with a single mom who really couldn't pay attention to raising my brother and I at the time. Um, I have little sisters now who she's doing very well raising them. But as far as me and my older brother, we were kind of had to find our own way. And um, all of that took in a lot of mental um, strength. And I wanted to ask you, like, where did you, who inspired you or who was your mentor when you were going through that time of your life when you were depressed and you coming from an athlete to now gaining X amount of weight? Like what got you through that?
1: You know, I, I think the two things that, that made me get through it were being an athlete. Um, there's to, to get to not not just the WNBA, but even playing at Auburn in the in the SEC, which is the toughest conference in the in the country in women's basketball. You have to prepare yourself mentally all the time. Um, you know, is my body tired at practice, or can I go can I go longer? Um, and so you're always pushing your body, and so mentally and physically. And so I, I knew that that I could count on myself mentally. Um, but then I also knew that there were going to be times where it was going to be tough. And the, on, the only other person that I knew that was as tough and that went through cancer um, was my mom. And that's who I, who I called and I leaned on. And, and all it took was her saying, you know, it's going to be okay. Um, and, you know, then, then I, I found that little extra spark.
2: All right. And with you having so many followers, I think, um, for example, me, had I, come, um, have, had I seen you on social media for um, now and me not being where I am now, and if I was going through what I was going through before and I found you, it, I would be inspired by your story. And so I kind of wanted whoever's listening to kind of hear from you themselves that anything is possible so long as you're mentally strong. And I feel like, um, and I follow you on social media, obviously, and I think you have a great story. I'm very inspired by your story.
0: Right. And to add to that, you know, a lot of people have, they have a lot of life life mess and some people don't make their mess, their message. And that's what I really appreciate about you is that you made your mess and what you've gone through just from going through life, your message, and now are using your platform to maybe show the light of the way that you've traveled to get through where you, what you've gone through and people that are suffering through that. For example, there's people in um, Sparkle that uh, were in the foster care Program. So people are also going, one out of seven women are experiencing some sort of thyroid cancer. So to see that uh, you can make it and become the person you are, I think is very important for those people uh, to see that you're not Superman, you know, not Superwoman, but you still got it done. Right. Well, and I think
1: it's, you know, and I appreciate that. Um, You know, I think one of the biggest facades with social media is that. People tend to try and show their best life to right. everyone else, and the, the good thing about TikTok and and you only have a minute, and, and Instagram is that you can show them your best minute. Uh, but are you really showing them who you are? And right. and I think that you know one thing that my mom always taught us is, no matter who you are, good or bad, just be authentic and and show your authentic self to the world. Um, can't be anybody else because everybody else is already taken. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I always tell people the funniest thing about life is none of us gonna, none of us is gonna get out of it alive. So <laughs> we might as well, you know, take the shot that we have, because we only get one, and you know, show up as you. And as long as you're being you, you don't have to apologize about that.
0: And that's so true. I and mean, now people are looking at you almost like a mentor because you created this brand. They're even calling you Auntie Shan. Yeah. I, I really love that. Um, so can we talk uh, and pivot about that social media, you know, transitioning into that? How was being a viral sensation and now building a whole brand like the Kaka gear that you sell, uh, how has that changed your life?
1: You know, I, it, it's not so much, Nikolai, about it changing my life. Um, you know, I've been in the spotlight before, so this, this isn't anything new. Um, so I just take that as a grain of salt. Uh, but, you know, I use it as, as, as I see how it's changing other people's lives. Uh, you know, when I'm, you know, as a matter of fact, this month is pride month. And so I made some pride shirts and, and, and I, it's more about, you know, being proud, pride of being proud of who you are. I don't care what your religion is, what color skin, where you come from. If you were a foster kid if you were adopted, I don't care who you love, you know, I, I don't care. You, you gotta be proud of who you are. And when I get messages from, um, you know, young kids and, and older people um, just telling me that that they're inspired um, and that it's changed their lives. And, and a couple of people said, you know, you saved my life for this reason or that for that reason. Um, that that's the change I really like. Uh, like I said, you know, I'm, you know, I, I take the whole social media and, and viral thing with a grain of salt. And but if but if I if it helps me change other people's lives for the better, then uh, I'm gonna keep doing it.
2: And that's like it's the best feeling, just hearing from people who you don't even know, like you've never right. met them, but hearing them say that you've changed my life. It's it there's something about that that feels so good because you're just living your life what you're doing is you're sharing kind yeah. of your journey and along the way you're just inspiring people
0: you're the light tower the beacon of hope you know yeah.
1: appreciate y'all
2: <laughs>
0: so you know you you've been on good morning america espn highlights uh lil yachty you did a video <laughs> with him snoop dogg has been uh, reposting a lot of your videos um like i said earlier you have that whole Kaka brand um created a really cool brand make really nice merchandise if you guys haven't seen that go check out her page and and buy some support uh again do you have plans for the future in that
1: you know I just right now uh I'm just kind of taking things as, as they go um you know I'm, I'm kind of busy being a, a brand ambassador uh for a pretty cool company down in, in uh Las Vegas so I can't I devote all my know, time
2: I wonder what company
1: <laughs> I think it's Close Sparkle <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is but I mean yeah if I could have a if I could you know if if I could move to Vegas and 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 have a, a building where I could just make shirts and design and be on live all day uh I think I'd be a millionaire but you know I'm just I'm just taking things as they go and and, and uh the big man upstairs is, is talking to my mom and they're together they're talking to me and and kind of guiding me through and, and leading me through decision making and so you know I just I just want to continue to, to change lives and <clears throat> come out with some dope gear and and uh, as soon as I get uh, healthy again um, we come in for a season two of Oh, now we're
0: getting seasons I love it I love it I don't,
2: I don't think you um, were even preparing for how much you would you were going to blow up on social media I remember having a phone call with you and you were saying to me, oh, next week, maybe I'll reach 500. And I'm like, what? No, next week you'll reach like 5,000. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. And it just happened so fast. It's literally, it's been what, a year now?
0: Yeah, wow, and only it, a year, right? Yes, right. and we've
2: done so much even to celebrate you reaching what, 100K was it?
0: Yeah, 100K, 500K, I think on TikTok, and now close to a million. Yeah. We
1: gotta we gotta get to a million.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got to make something big. Plans for that. Oh, I think you yeah.
2: really well with uh, with your branding, and you like seeing you kind of work behind the scenes and where you have turned um, kaká into, and you creating your own um, merch. Merch. Yeah.
0: I know because you, you're interested in doing yeah. that kind of stuff, so you like to see that in mm-hmm. other people.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was really. I love cool
1: it. I love it.
0: Well, okay, that kind of wraps everything up, Shan. I just want to thank you. You're a beautiful soul. The world is a much better place because you're people like you are in it. Um, for those who don't know you or can't or don't know where to find you, can you please tell them where they
1: can? Uh, you can find me in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> no, you can find me on TikTok at, at uh, Auntie Chantel. Um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Chantel Trim. And you can find me on Twitter at Auntie Chantel and and come holler at me and throw me a, uh, throw me a challenge. I don't think I've ever turned down a challenge and, uh, hopefully before the end of 2021 that I'm down in, in Vegas with my people, uh, celebrating a million followers.
0: (laughs) I hope so. I'll keep you to that. And also we just want to thank our listeners and, uh, you can follow us at ClubSparkleUSA on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple soon, <laughs> and we're going to be doing a lot more podcasts with interesting guests just like Chantel Trimiteer, so stay tuned for that, guys, and thank you for joining us. Thank
2: you for, thank you for being here, Shan.
0: Thanks, Shan. We'll see y'all. Bye.
2: Bye.